93 WBT. Hour number three. They're still doing opening statements. It's ridiculous. Hour number three. Pete Callender Show. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. want to welcome to the program Pastor David Chadwick. Uh, how are you? Hello, Pete. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. It's nice to talk with you and uh, bring people uh, some updates and some information uh, about uh, what your church is doing, the Moments of Hope Church. This is right, the uh, the City of Hope Charlotte campaign. It is. Uh, we've been doing this now for three years. This is the third year, and it happened uh, several years ago when we were going through COVID. Uh, I was working with Bo Thompson and uh, then uh, guest co-host or whatever he was, radio personality, Pat McCory, and we all just started thinking, how in the world can we help this city uh, do something that's really needed? And we identified hunger, especially among children, as maybe the major issue that we were facing in the city. Uh, So um, I went to the leadership of my church. I pastor here in town um, and said, look, can we give a matching gift? And they said yes, and they did so. And then we went on air with Bo and uh, then uh, Pat McCory on his show, and then Beth, of course, Beth Troutman has mm-hmm. come into the uh, situation and now supporting it as well. And we're just saying to the community, look, we have this $50,000 gift from Moments of Hope Church, and we'd like to match it during this holiday season, and the listeners of WBT are the ones who can match it, and every dollar becomes $2, 5 becomes 10 100 becomes $200, and if we can raise this $100,000 during this holiday time period, we will distribute it to several different agencies in the east to the west side of Charlotte in what's called commonly the Crescent, the poverty pockets in Charlotte, and basically feed hungry kids because, Pete, the truth is, though COVID has kind of passed, the problem of poverty and hunger hasn't passed. And with, you know, the the pandemic came then, the inflation problem, and we're facing this situation still today. So Bo agreed, as did Beth, let's do it again. And so I ask if you'd have me on your show for just a brief moment to sure. encourage your listeners that they'd be a part of this as well. Well, and I've, I've donated money uh, when I heard uh, uh, Bill Graham, a uh, local attorney, was offering up the match. I said, well, I always like taking money from lawyers. So I might as well I might as well make them do that. Uh, so like, yeah. So tell, talk a little bit about these uh, the groups that you work with uh, to get the food to the kids. Right, you were talking the Camino Community Center, the Dream Center, right. Faith Soldiers Word mis- uh, Ministries. Yeah, you bet. Uh, we we go from the Southwest Corridor where there's a large immigration community, mostly Latino, but fairly mixed. Uh, then you go up around the Crescent to um, the west side of town, and we're working with the Dream Center uh, and other places there on the west side of town. North side is Camino, which is probably the apex of a ministry that really is caring well for the immigrant Latino community. And then to the east side of town, that's the Faith Word Soldiers Ministry that has a feeding program along with Neighborhood Hope, which is feeding in an apartment area on the east side of town. That's largely a black and just poverty-ridden. So we just tried to identify different places in every pocket of poverty from the east to the west and said, okay, we're going to feed as many hungry kids as we possibly can in that Crescent area. So tell us um, where you stand right now on the fundraising. Yeah, right now we're at 40% of our goal, and we've still got uh, some $60,000 to raise, which means the listeners raise 30000 It's going to be matched by Moments of Hope Church at 30000 So 
40 of the 100 has been raised, and um, we want to get that next 60000 in before the first of the year. If any of your listeners would like to be a part of this, we would really love it. And just please know this fact, Pete, because this is very important. 100% of all the money given, 100% goes to the feeding of the children. There are no administrative costs. Every penny goes to the cause. And we think that's an important point to be made as well. Absolutely. I was going to ask you about that because that's always one of the questions I ask any charity. When If I'm doing research uh, before I give any donations, I always check what's the, out of every dollar, how much goes to the service versus the overhead. And yeah. um, and, and I've had some some very interesting answers over uh, over my life uh, from like telemarketers who made the same claim, like, oh, 100% goes to the charity. And I said, well, then who's paying you? You're a telemarketer. And then they hung up on me, right? So <laughs> it's stuff like well, that. My so salary being paid for by Moments of Hope. There church. you go, and right. This, this church just wants to be a part of giving to the community. We People ask me sometimes, Pete, why did you name it Moments of Hope Church? And I went, well, because we want to spend every day of our existence giving Moments of Hope to people because we think people can't live for a second without hope, and we just want to be hope givers into this world, and and that's the reason the church is named as such, and that's why we do things like this $50,000 matching gift. We just want to give hope, especially to needy, broken people in our community, this New South shining city that is what I've heard, the second fastest growing city in America. You go downtown, everything looks so bright and hopeful, and yet there are pockets of poverty here in this area that are, if you went into them, surprisingly poor. So let's be a part of giving hope to people. That's the whole nature of this particular desire. A lot of times people just need to be told how they can help. They want to help, they just don't know how to, and so this is a a very quick and easy and good way to do that is is yeah pete and the way to do it is go to city of hope clt.org city of hope.org and you can give there online you can give stock if you want to uh bill graham's gift was especially astounding he gave five thousand dollars which immediately became ten thousand dollars and i'm with you let's take money from lawyers every time <laughs> right. we get a chance to that's, that's right. a great line but but anybody's gift is immediately doubled we've even had children give their allowances for 50 cents you knowing it becomes a dollar so it's a great thing to do maybe at christmas time to give in the name of one of your friends or family members or kids teaching them the beauty of it's more blessed to give than to receive. We've had people do that as well. On Christmas morning, people open up their card and it says, a gift was given in your name to City of Hope CLT to feed hungry kids. So there are many different ways you can give for many different reasons. The most important thing is let's just give for the ability to help hungry kids during the season. Right. Well, and you know that's one of the things as I've gotten older, uh, I kind of, like it, Christmas is different for kids, right? You're giving presents to kids and stuff. But as you get older, it's like, you're, am I still swapping presents with some of my siblings? Because uh, why are we doing that? Like, I'm going to go out and spend money on a present. You're going to go out money spend uh, go out and spend money on a present. And then we're going to exchange them. But we live 800 miles away, so I don't really know what you like, and you don't know what I need. And so why are we even doing this exchange of gifts? Why don't we just send cards, or why don't you make a donation in my name, and I'll do one in your name or something. Like it, it, it solves that problem. It, it does, Pete, and you give a gift that, really, be honest, a week later it's not even being used or mm. it's maybe cast aside or, or, or saved up for, you know, a white elephant gift the next Christmas. I mean, it gets kind of odd that way, doesn't it? Yeah. But, you know, the, mo- the most important gift that God gave humanity, in my opinion, is the image of God stamped on each one of our lives. So it doesn't matter who we are 
we have the image of God stamped on our lives. And if you could begin to have empathy to jump into the skin of somebody who has a child, especially who's hungry, just think you might be the answer to somebody's prayer right now, who's thinking, how am I going to feed my kid next week? And we have the chance to be that answer. And I say uh, all the time that if you want government to do less, we need to do more. If we exactly. do, if we do these things, then there's no role for uh, any agency to come in and uh, and tax you and and run programs that then have fraud and abuse and waste. And so this is an easy way to do the things that first we're called to do, but also to you know avoid uh, having government come in and do it for us. This is something you know Jesus didn't tell government to go do this stuff for him. He said we should be doing it. Exactly. Well, he kept a clear distinction between the two. He yeah. said, you know, give to Caesar what Caesar asked for, but you know, you give to the Lord what you're supposed to ask for. And I really believe the church, and, and I think faith organizations as well, are supposed to be the hands and feet of God on this side of creation. I mean, we are his instruments for helping other people. And as a Christian, you know, I believe I'm the hands and feet of Jesus. And as I feed other people and I visit other people who are sick and I care for other people, and I love my neighbor. I'm loving God because people are his most important product. We are the people that he has stamped his image upon. Pastor David Chadwick, if uh, you have uh, the desire and the interest and the ability, go to cityofhopeclt.org, make a donation for the work that uh, uh, the Moments of Hope Church is doing, and uh, best of uh, luck on reaching the goal, and uh, I give you all the credit for doing it, and uh, it's a really good. It's a really good effort. It's a good thing that I think people should get involved in. And I'm not just saying that. Like I said, I've I've given you my own money as well. I put my money on this too. So I believe in the work that you're doing. I thank you for your time today. Well, thanks, Pete. As my wife and I have as well. And really, remember, this is a Moments of Hope initiative, along with all the listeners in the WBT community, and all of us together can make this difference. It's no one person or one organization. All of us together make this community a better place in which to live. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. My pleasure, uh, Pastor David Chadwick. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too, Pete. Listen to your show, and thank you for doing what you do. Thanks so much, sir. I appreciate you. Um, so moment, or sorry, cityofhopeclt.org. Cityofhopeclt.org. And uh, if, you, if you can, please consider making a donation. We appreciate it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and uh, Kwanzaa and New Year as well. Um, the Charlotte Knights are doing their Light the Nights Festival. If you're looking for a tradition, like maybe you're, all the kids are older now and you're like, oh, what do we do Christmas time? Like, you want to do something new and unique and fun and well, head on over to Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. Charlotte Knights Light the Nights Festival. They got the hockey rink going, where I am told you can also do ice skating, not just hockey. Like, you can actually just skate around and not deck people. Um, they have a snow tubing hill. It's got six lanes, 150 feet long. So long enough to make it good. It's not like a, like we used to snow uh, or go sledding in the snow growing up in New York, and it would snow. There was a, uh, an overpass a bridge that would go over uh, the road to Robert Moses Causeway. And so we would go up to the side of that, uh, of the overpass. So like 
you could go farther away, you know, and slide down. That was a real small hill. But the closer you got to the bridge part, it was way steeper. And there were trees there. And it was really dangerous. But it still it wasn't very long. That's the problem. 150 feet, that's pretty long. That's pretty cool. Go check it out. It's the uh, Light the Nights Festival. They got the light show, live entertainment, holiday treats, Christmas trees, shopping, Santa Claus, tons more now through January 6th. Oh, speaking of January 6th, the committee wrapped up. They spent like an hour and 15 minutes talking, and then they, uh, they're they making f- four criminal referrals? Obstruction? Insurrection? I don't know for who, though. I haven't, they, they just wrapped up. Uh... Trying to interfere with the process of a of a Congress or something. I don't know what the exact <laughs> rule was, but when I I'll, I'll read it when it uh, when they post it. I've got. I mean, I have something here on the. Hang on a second. Where is it? Where is the? Here, here it is. The J six. Oh, and I just saw Ken Delanian. He's uh, on CNN or NBC up there. So uh, the the intelligence community is weighing in. Uh, the House January sixth committee. Wrapping up its investigation of the violent 2021 Capitol insurrection, AP News reports, with lawmakers expected to cap one of the most exhaustive and aggressive congressional probes in memory. That just means that that just means the reporter didn't want to have to go back and do like a fact check. That's like a weasel word right there. It's one of the when you, when when they say stuff like "oh, in in recent memory," it's it means that they don't recall anything. But they don't know if there was anything of a comparable value. And so they just say in recent memory because they can't remember and they're not bothered to go look up to see if there was any kind of, you know, historical uh, comparison. Anyway. um, Oh, and also I disagree. You call it the most exhaustive one of the there's another weasel, right? Another weasel word to cap one of the most exhaustive and aggressive congressional probes in memory. What about the 9-11 commission? That seemed yeah, that seemed like a lot. I've got the book. I mean, it's that's a lot. I don't even think this was the most exhaustive, though. Uh, not even close. I don't think so. E- exhaustive? I mean, maybe you're tired, like exhausted, like you're tired of watching all the video or something. But it's not exhaustive because it was not an adversarial process. You did not. You only told one side of the story, so naturally it's going to be a shorter story. Right, the most exhaustive would be if you told all the stories. Like, what's up with the security at the Capitol? Why were threats ignored? Right, were Antifa people there? Because there are legitimate reports and confirmations that they were. What about Ray Epps? Anything on that guy? What's up? Did FBI have any role? And I mean, that would be an exhaustive investigation. I'm looking forward to the exhaustive. Investigation into Burisma and the Bidens. That's what I'm looking forward to. At a final meeting today, the panel, seven Democrats and two Republicans, are poised to recommend criminal charges against Trump and potentially against associates and staff who helped him launch a multifaceted pressure campaign to try to overturn the 2020 election. While a criminal referral is mostly symbolic. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Is mostly symbolic. They're they're treating this thing like like he just got convicted. It's weird. It's mostly symbolic. 
The Justice Department ultimately decides whether to prosecute Trump or others. It is a decisive end, though, to a probe that had an almost singular focus from the start. Oh, interesting. So you do admit the singular focus from the start, indict Donald Trump. That was the focus? Get him charged with some crimes. That was this. Okay, well, I'm glad we agree on that. I think the president has violated multiple criminal laws, and I think you have to be treated like any other American who breaks the laws, and that is you have to be prosecuted. Said Adam Schiff, who had a direct line of communication to Twitter. Um, Members of the committee have said that referrals for other individuals may also include ethics violations, legal misconduct, and campaign finance violations. Lawmakers have suggested... In particular, that their recommended charges against Trump could include conspiracy to defraud the U.S. I saw that listed on one of the screens, so I think they did. Somebody got hit with that. I don't know who. Obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress and insurrection. So those three are all part of the uh, uh, all part of the the referrals. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I've been driving down the road, so I got to listen to NPR. I know that's probably very disappointing to you, Pete. Oh, that's hurtful. I've listened to the kangaroo court, uh, which I think is probably a very appropriate term. Uh, My Merry Christmas is we don't have to put up with that garbage anymore. (laughs) Um, It's so, so blatant and so obvious. They created great theater. Uh, Of course, it was a nine to zero vote, and Mm -hmm. they went to the extra uh, theater of having each person the cold for their particular vote. Oh my God! Uh, it's all oh, it's so performative. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. it is it, so so transparent and so blatant. All they're trying to do is keep President Trump from being able to run for office again. That is their sole purpose because they know that he knows. They know that he knows what they're about. They know that he has the resources, and more importantly, the gumption, and I'm, I'm using my words to try to make it for a public radio show here. I appreciate that. Uh, he's got what it takes to, to have the will to carry the thing forward. Um, he's, his hay's in the barn. He does, he's not beholden to anybody, uh, and that scares them to death because they know they can't put him under their thumb. And they're doing everything in their power to try to do so. Uh, for me personally, it, you know, it, it's pretty simple. And it's not real complicated. Why in the world would they go to all this trouble? Why in the world would they try to try to take all this effort and energy and waste our taxpayer money again uh, on something? Just you just need to for the hearing for the hearing. Yeah, the whole, the whole yeah, yeah. Thing, the whole, so the whole deal. there's yeah, a couple the there. Is, is a, it, 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 you know, President Trump calls it a witch hunt. You know, that's that's as good a term as any. I, I think that's a very polite term, quite frankly. I hear you, uh, Dave. I, it's it's important. So, I I appreciate the call. Thank you for yeah. Thanks. Th- th- I appreciate the call. I got to go because I'm up against the break. I think there are a couple reasons. I'll get into it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'm just seeing this story come down the uh, come down the Twitter machine. Representative Liz Cheney calls former President Trump unfit for office. <gasps> oh my gosh. That changes everything. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all right, so Dave, uh, call her right before the bottom of the hour break. 
uh, Dave was saying the reason for the January 6th committee and what it was designed to do. And, and Dave was saying that it was uh, that, that was designed to keep him from running for president. And that's possible. Look, and just I want to lay out sort of these are the these are the different angles that I can see. I don't know if any of them are true to some extent or any extent. I don't know. But that is one. That's one possibility, right, that they they want to block Trump from running. And so they got. So here's the thing you got to keep in mind, too, that this is just a referral. Right. The, the the committee itself cannot charge anybody with a crime. It's not the judiciary. It's the legislative uh, legislative branch. So it's it, it can't do anything. So it can then send it to the DOJ and the DOJ will have to decide whether to file charges. But all they're doing, they, what the committee does is they're like, OK, here we go. This is all of our paperwork, all of our investigation. Here you go, DOJ. We think there were these crimes committed. Take a look. And then it's up to Merrick Garland to look at it and say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to charge him based on all of this. Thanks. Or he could, you know, theoretically do some sort of investigation on his own. The DOJ could do an investigation on its own and, and, you know, get more information. But now there's going to be pressure put on Merrick Garland. And maybe that was the point to pressure Garland, right, to do this along the lines of what Dave was uh, was suggesting. And that's possible. Another possibility is to antagonize Trump. Even if you don't get an indictment, it antagonizes him. And when antagonized, you hope he makes mistakes because you don't want him to run again. Or you do want him to run again. Because Donald Trump can do some pretty good things for Democrats. Democrat candidates, he can He's been helpful to Democratic candidates, helping them win races. Um, and there are Democrats that believe this. You may not believe it. That doesn't matter. They believe it. So if they believe it, that Donald Trump helps them win races, then they would want him in, right? So maybe this is to antagonize him to make mistakes. They want him to get in and they want him to make mistakes because it helps them, right? That's possible. It's also possible that their brains have been broken by Trump. <laughs> this is... This has affected their ability to make a decision on anything and everything must be viewed through the prism of Trump, right? And so they cannot think for themselves except get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. This is why they're referred to a lot of times as NPCs. Have you, have you heard this term for Trump critics and such? NPC stands for non-player character. NPCs. It comes from video gaming. And in when you play video games... Uh, you're playing like a single player game. It's just you and you're running around through a story, right? And uh, you encounter non-player characters. In other words, the computer characters, right? You come up to them and you can fight them and talk with them or whatever. But the NPCs are programmed because they're computers, right? They're programmed to do a very finite number of things. And so that's why people refer to Never Trumpers, Trump haters and stuff, they refer to them as NPCs because they are much like these characters in video games that are programmed to do a single thing, which is to attack you. That's all they do. They just must kill player, must kill, and they just come after you until you kill them. And so that's what that's why they get called NPCs. Okay, so that's possible that they all have broken brains from Trump. That's possible. What else? Red meat for the base. Red meat for the base. Right, same th- same reason why every single election was covered through the prism of abortion in 2022. Right, every single race we had to we had to get everybody on the record, even like for you know 
dog catcher candidates. Like, what's your stance on reproductive justice? Oh, gosh. Like, really? We had to know everybody's opinion on that, right? Because that was the narrative. That's what they, they thought would move people. And that's what the left-wing base wanted to talk about because they thought it would move more people. Maybe they were right. Maybe they were wrong. Doesn't matter. Point is, it feeds the base, the red meat that they want. Or blue meat, red meat, whatever. It's what they want. And so this plays to their to their base. Now, I would point out that one of the Republicans on the committee, not Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, um, for his, um, yeah, this is, here it is, Sonny McSunnyface. That, that's not a name for This is a guy on Twitter. He's a uh, uh, writer. And he says, it's worth remembering that one Republican actually on the committee was rewarded for his membership on this committee by having Democrats gerrymander him out of a job. <laughs> that's exactly right. Democrats in Adam Kinzinger's state legislature gerrymandered him out of office. That's what you get when you're trying to play ball with these people, right? That's what, and he's like, I would do it all again. Okay, good luck. So he's, he'll be gone too. Um, and remember, Republicans were not allowed to put who they wanted on the panel. Uh, usually when you create committees, the House you know, majority, the Speaker of the House, they make appointments, the minority leader, they offer up a slate of uh, of candidates to represent their party on the committees, and that's usually how it goes. But Nancy Pelosi refused to let Jim Jordan be a member of this committee. And so the Republicans were like, well, if you're not going to take our slate of appointments, then what is the point of this? So then they're like, we're not giving you, we're not going to, we're not going to give you a slate of the two people that you want. We want our people on there. Pelosi refuses. And so we get Cheney and Kinzinger, both of whom are now going to be out of office in another, what, week and a half or so. So red meat for the base. What other potential explanation is there? Here's one that's the most cynical, but you got to think about it. Jobs. They need some jobs. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger need jobs. They need something to do because they, you know, they came out very hardcore, never Trumper. And that was like, okay, you're writing your own death sentence here politically, politically speaking, right? You're not going to win re-election in a GOP primary by attacking the president and voting for impeachment and all this. And so they knew they were, they were short timers. And this is now a play to land a talking head gig on one of the networks afterwards, right? So all of that, you keep all of that in mind because, you know, just don't know. Um, members of the committee have said the referrals for other individuals, May also include ethics violations. Um, Adam Schiffy Schiff said uh, Sunday on the TV talk show circuit. God, I tell you what, they need to Republicans when they take over, they need to boot this man off of the intelligence committee. This guy should not be on any committee. And Democrats have already they have already set the precedent for this. Right? They kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene off of her committees. Um, so precedent set. Need to remove him day one. Um, he said, if you look at Donald Trump's acts and you match them up against the statute, it's a pretty good match. He said that the committee will focus on those individuals, presumably Trump, for whom they believe there is the strongest evidence. While a so-called criminal referral has no real legal standing, it is a forceful statement by the committee, and it adds to political pressure already on Attorney General Merrick Garland. 
and Special Counsel Jack Smith, who is conducting an investigation into January 6th and Trump's actions. And this was done immediately after Democrats knew they lost the House. They, Merrick Garland made this appointment, right, when they knew that they weren't going to hold the House and they would not be able to continue to, uh, to run their hearing like this, so they institute the special counsel, so this way he gets to operate outside of the majority control in the, uh, in the House. But I like this sentence. <laughs> it is a forceful statement by the committee, is it? Anyway. And it adds to political pressure already on the Attorney General, Merrick Garland. Which I think we can all agree, right? All good prosecutions, right, should be based on political pressure on the prosecutor. No? I mean, what could go wrong? Let's just politically pressure the, yeah, the U.S. Attorney General. We'll just keep pressuring him to make a point or to make prosecutions, to start charging and indicting. This is another new standard, folks. I know it's getting difficult to keep up because, like, all of the standards keep changing so rapidly, but this is a new one. We can now apply all sorts of political pressure against the U.S. Attorney General, and then that will force him to appoint special counsels or to investigate, right? But I, I don't see why it's, it has to, it, it, it doesn't have to come from Democrats, right? It can come from Republicans. They can put all sorts of pressure on Garland. Why not? Why can't it go that way? By the way, Jack Smith. Yeah, I got some stuff on Jack Smith here, too. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, talking about the January 6th committee. Uh, they made their referral today. No, uh, It's up to the DOJ and Eric Garland, uh, Merrick Garland, now the Attorney General. Uh, Jimmy, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts? Hey there, Pete. Hey. Happy holidays. Yes, sir. You too. We could say Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump promised that we could say Merry Christmas, so I say it now. Merry Christmas and some happy trading cards to you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this is all a game to me. They're they're definitely wanting Trump to run. They act like they're going to, we're going to put the cuffs on you, Trump. We're going to put the cuffs on you. And the whole time Trump's thinking, well, if I run, they can't put the cuffs on me. If I win, they won't put, you know, I can stop all this. So to me, it's a game. Mm. It's It's a bit of a game. Well, how about this? You want to go really down the rabbit hole in conspiracy theories. What if Donald Trump is in on it all? Yeah, it could be. What if, like, this is all performance? Who, Right? I mean, as long as you're willing to entertain, not you, but as if, if we are willing to entertain the grand conspiracies on all sorts of things, then maybe he's part of it. Maybe he's a plant. I don't know. I don't know to what end, but yeah, who knows? Jimmy, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Um, Joseph says, Pete, the only thing sadder than goofy leftists heralding this sham J6 committee is the boomer con right who think this validates how Trump really did or was going to or will do, you know, drain the swamp. The only reason to support Trump now is to spite the left. If you admit it, then we're fine. But if uh, but Trump got rolled by the system and didn't do anything to help his case with COVID lockdowns, the riots, and wasted political capital on Paul Ryan's tax cuts and Kanye and Kim's platinum plan to release felons. 
I wish there were a way to really punish the D.C. cabal for what they did to Trump and still be rid of him, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, dude, that's where I'm at. Like, hmm. He's going to drain the swamp. He had four. This is the same question I have for, for people who love Donald Trump. Like, he can totally do all of this, right? Okay. Well, why didn't he do it in the first four years? And usually the answer is something like, uh, well, he's just, you know, finding out how it all worked. Now he knows. Okay. I don't know. Like, the stuff I saw happen to him was, like, that was very extreme. I don't think I've ever seen a president get impeached twice. Because <laughs> no one had. So... Uh, so there's that. But then on the other side, the, the anti-Trumpers, and they're like, oh, Trump's a fascist. He's going he's gonna to destroy democracy. He's a tyrant and all that. I'm like, well, then why, why didn't he? Why? Well, he tried. Well, then why is he? But he's out. Like, he wouldn't have left the office otherwise, right? He, he, he left. That's not what, I mean, that's not a very, that's not a very tyranty thing to do. A tyrant would be like, I don't care what the election results are. I'm staying in power, right? And he would try, and right, he, he, he would not leave. So, uh, and usually then the response I get is something like, well, if he gets back in this next time, that's when he'll, like, go full authoritarian. He's worse than Hitler. Like, okay. So it's essentially the same. Everybody is, this is what I mean. Everybody views everything through this prism of Trump. And it, it's so limiting. It's so limiting. That's why I just ran through with, uh, you know, Dave, who had called about, like, why the, the, the J6 hearing, uh, you know, like, why they're doing it. And there are a ton of different explanations, and not every one of them, right, has to be about Trump. I understand there's a, there's a huge part of him in the story because, obviously, it's, you know, from January 6th and the election and everything else. But it just I find it such a limiting way to look at issues is just through Trump. Is this for him or against him? What does this mean? Anyway. um, What else? Oh, Stan says, Pete, when you hear politicians say in recent memory regarding something, it's using selective memory based on politics. This was a line used in one of the stories we were reading from the AP, and they're like, oh, in recent memory. This is a very astute point. Um, It's selective memory based on politics. After all, they've forgotten the peaceful protests of 2020, if they ever even mentally registered with them at all. Yeah, like, that. those were pretty big. Those were, yeah, I, th- I thought so. Um, back to the AP story. While the committee's mission was to take a comprehensive accounting of the insurrection and educate the public about what happened, they have also aimed their work at an audience of one, the Attorney General. Lawmakers on the panel have openly pressured Garland to investigate Trump's actions, and last month he appointed a special counsel, Jack Smith, to oversee several probes related to Trump, including those related to the insurrection. Now, I don't uh, know about you, but I can rest well knowing that Jack Smith is going to be the guy leading this, uh, uh, this effort, this investigation. Who is Jack Smith? Well, you can read all of the, the pieces about him in the... The, you know, the, the standard mainstream media corporate legacy outlets, and they'll tell you about his his work with, like, the international court and how he worked his way up in these different agencies. And you can get all of that bio stuff, so, and you go look that up. But here's something that you probably uh, might not have heard. Jack Smith, uh, according to Mike Howell, the director of the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project and a former attorney for the House Oversight Committee, 
Mike Howell said that Jack Smith is well-known and liked in leftist circles because of his role in the IRS scandal. He worked with Lois Lerner to illicitly target conservative groups. Smith was the subject of a letter in 2014 from top House Republicans that noted Jack Smith was closely involved in engaging with the IRS in the wake of the Citizens United case and political pressure from prominent Democrats to address perceived problems with the decision. Does any of that sound familiar? This is exactly the same thing with the Russia collusion. It's the same thing with the uh, uh, the Steele dossier, right? You put this stuff out there with the Citizens United, you pressure, you pressure, you pressure. You get the media coverage, then you cite the coverage to justify the actions that you caused. House Oversight and Government Reform Committee's report on the Lois Lerner scandal noted that Jack Smith wanted the IRS to probe nonprofits based on an article in the New York Times. Right? This is the daisy chain. It's a it's a feedback loop. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Thank <laughs> you.